Before I dive into the text, I need to get a pet peeve off my chest because I'm not going to lie, I have a lot of pet peeves. Here's just one of them. But you know, I heard there actually might get snow tonight as the temperature dips down. A pet peeve of mine, don't get mad at me, I didn't make it snow. You ever hear that? You ever notice whenever they're like calling for six to eight inches of snow, people like go to the grocery store and they clean out the milk and the bread's gone and we get so prepared for the six to eight inches of snow that always ends up one to two inches. Like, when is the last time, here's the pet peeve, when is the last time you were trapped in your home for a week and couldn't get out and little Johnny's in the corner like, Mom, I need bread, there's no food in the house. It doesn't happen. Like, we have enough food in our homes, we're Americans. But yet, here's why I bring that up. So some of that, a storm's coming, and we will prepare. We'll make sure we have salt, we'll make sure we have shovels, we're going to go buy bread and milk because we're going to run out of food. You know, this is one storm. Now, some of you right now, maybe your parents or maybe you're a high schooler looking to go to college. You're preparing for college. You know it's coming, and you're getting ready for that. Some of you, maybe you're looking at kind of retirement in the face. You know retirement's coming, and you're preparing for retirement. You know the crazy part of that? Of all the things that you're getting ready for, I was just talking to somebody, hearing the story of them sharing their faith with their friends, and they were talking about the return of Jesus in heaven and eternity. And they said, you know, are you ready for that? And they go, no, I don't really think about it. Now, think about your own life. Are you preparing for that moment when Jesus will return? Are you preparing for eternity? You're getting ready for the snowstorm. You're getting ready for college. You're getting ready for retirement. Are you getting ready for the most important thing, infinitely more important than anything you're getting ready for, is eternity that Jesus is going to usher in? Are you ready for that moment? Are you preparing for that? And that's where this message is going. We're going to talk and look at a parable where it talks about Jesus coming back and being ready for that moment. Of all the things you're getting ready for, are you ready for that most important moment? So let's dive into the text. We're going to pick it up. It is Luke 12. I'm going to read. Please follow along. Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table, and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this. That if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. I'm grateful to Luke this morning. I studied these passages. Pastor Rick does as well to figure out, okay, what do they mean? What's the take home? He made it real easy for me this morning. He tells this parable of the master that goes away to a wedding feast and returns, and how will he find the servants? And then he tells you exactly your take-home. That last sentence in there, you must be ready. The Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect. So the take-home is simple. Jesus is coming back. Are you ready and prepared for that moment? Because he's going to come at a time when you do not expect. So I didn't have to work hard to figure out what's the take-home. The hardest I worked is on my alliteration of how am I going to alliterate my outline. So this morning, 
we're going reality, response, reward. And I did toil on it because I almost went tease. I almost went truth, trouble, triumph. So if you're digging the T thing, run with that. But I'm going to use ours as my outline because I want to deal with the reality of his return. And I want to look at, okay, what is our response? And then the reward. Do you, not just the reality it's having, particularly the timing at which it will happen, because that's a lot of the push of the passage. This is huge for me. This is how I interpret the world, how I interpret so much of the Bible, in light of the already but not yet. What does that mean? Jesus has already come, but he has not yet come again and ushered us into eternity. So our existence exists in between those two things. Jesus has already come to redeem us and save us, but he has not yet fully taken away all death and disease. So we need to interpret our lives as you look out there in the already but not yet, in between the first and second coming. And what does that mean? What does that mean for our lives? The best illustration I've seen of this is a boy named Dima. Now, our church has a huge heart for foster care, and that rolls into a huge heart for adoption. So friends of ours, Stephen Kate, adopted Dima from Russia. So he was two years old, and the procedure to adopt out of Russia at that time was you had to visit twice. You had to visit once, and he stayed, you left, and then you'd come back. So the first visit, our friends, they went to Russia, went to this orphanage, and met this sweet little boy. At that moment, they embraced this boy as their son. They called him their own. They met him and they said, we are mom and dad. You are ours. They claimed that child. And then they left him in an orphanage and had to go home. There was more policy, paperwork. They had to prepare a home for him and then come back. Now try explaining that to a sweet little two-year-old and in their two-year-old mind, this idea that mom and dad came, look, we love you. You're ours. Nothing can change that. You're my boy. But we got to go right now. But they go, and he still has to live in an orphanage, but he doesn't have to live orphan-hearted. Because that boy knows, demon knew, mom and dad's coming for me. They're coming back. No matter how bad it gets, they're coming back. And they came, I don't know how many months later, and grabbed that boy and said, it's time to go home. All your worries, you don't have to worry anymore. You don't have to hide food anymore. You don't have to struggle anymore. Mom and dad are taking you home. And that is us. In between these two worlds, you can still feel like you're in an orphanage. This place, this world can feel messed up, but you got to realize that he's coming back. Yes, Jesus claimed you as his son, but it doesn't mean your life is easy and it's all roses and puppy dogs. Anybody want to raise your hand? Your life isn't nothing but ro- it's not all roses and puppy dogs. Somebody raise your hand, you sweet lives that you have. Right? I still got problems, but I am an orphan no longer, and I don't care if I still live in an orphanage. He's coming home for me. That is the reality. But the thing that I want to dig into is understanding how should we think of when this reality is going to take place. I don't care whether you like it or not. Jesus is coming back. That's reality. I just taught yesterday membership. I stood up here and talked membership and walked through all our core doctrine. Kind of the section on Jesus, which as Christians, that's a big deal. Here's how it ends. This is straight from our membership booklet. We believe in that blessed hope, 
the personal and imminent return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus could come back today. Do you believe that? Let me ask a better question. Do you live like that's true? Now, if I told you, Jesus, like I knew, like, you know, Jesus DM'd me, texted me. He's like, hey, I'm coming today. Get ready. And if I told you I knew he was coming back today, if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt today was a day, would you live different? I bet most of us would. Do we really live in light of this fact that you can drive out of church today and today could be the day where the clouds part and Jesus returns? I actually prayed that. I prayed that this morning. God, would today be the day? You know, one, because I think it'd be amazing. Two, I think it would just make my sermon that much more powerful. You imagine that? I'm like, Jesus coming back. Boom, the clouds part. Like, I told y'all. He's coming back. Like, I feel like there'll be fire. But, it's not about me, you know, Jesus got his timing. But you get the point. Do you really live like that? Imminent return. Whenever I had to go become a pastor, you know, I had to stand before a bunch of pastors and they had to test me on Bible knowledge and they test me on all these different doctrine. One of the things they always asked me is, do you believe in imminency? I want you to say that word with me, imminency. Say that, imminency. I want you to say, I believe in imminency. I believe in imminency. I didn't even tell you what it was, and you just agreed to it. Don't do that. That was a test. I'm just kidding. You should believe in imminency. You, most of you probably know what that word means. What is imminent? It is about to happen. The Bible sets up. We should be like, you know, like a family in the last week of pregnancy. It could, you, you know, that idea that you can get that phone call at any moment. That baby could come. You know what I'm saying? That baby could come at any <laughs> Like, that's how we're supposed to live. Like, that final week of pregnancy. If you've had kids, you remember that? It's just like, man, any, every time your wife calls, you're like, what is it, babe? Is this it? No, no, okay, cool. Yeah, 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 I'll get milk. We're good. <laughs> Do you live like that? Because that is a reality. And I want you right now to think, okay, yeah, I believe that. That's in our membership. But could he really come back at any moment? I got to do tsunami relief work in India. I don't know if you remember when that big tsunami hit. There was, a ch it was a, there was a church that was during, the tsunami hit during a church service. So the roar of the tsunami starts coming. This massive wave is coming at them. You know what the church did? They all got up and they started cheering and praising. They thought Jesus was coming back. They heard this crazy massive roar. And they thought, dang, this is it. He's coming back. If you heard a tsunami coming at you, of course you wouldn't know it was that. Would you really think, Jesus, is this it? That's how we're to live in constant expectation that now could be the moment. It could be any day now that Jesus could return. Whether you like it or not, that is a reality. And of all the things you, pray, you know, prepare for, we might get a storm tomorrow, we got college, we got, look, Jesus could come back. Are you ready for that? And the whole point, like a thief in the night. Why does the thief come at night? It's when you're least prepared, when you least expect it. Expect it. That's what Jesus said. You know, I mean, that's part of what we need to get over. Do you really expect Jesus to come back today? And we're kind of, if we're honest, like, no, not really. Well, then get ready, because that's exactly when he said he's going to come. All right? That is a reality. 
He's returning, and it's going to come when you don't expect. So the goal is to be constantly ready. Is your life ready for that fact? If Jesus came knocking at the door of your life today, how would you feel? Or is your house, your life a mess to where you're, oh, I hope he doesn't come back today. Or is that a wonderful promise? That's the reality. Now I want to look at the possible responses to that. And then he tells another parable and lays out all the different responses we could have. And first I want to look at the poor responses. And then, you know, the appropriate response in light of this reality. So let's keep reading. So he says this about the parable of the master that goes away to a wedding banquet and returns. Then Peter asks him, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his servant will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming, and he begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and in an hour he does not know, and he will cut him into pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will but did not get ready or act according to his will will receive a severe beating. But the one who did not not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much was given of him, much will be required." And from him to whom they entrusted much, they, they will demand the more. So I'm grateful that I got to have the chop up into pieces passage. That's always a fun thing to talk through. You ever wonder, like, if Jesus' disciples got frustrated? You ever notice, like, Jesus never gives the easy answer? It's always like a question with a question. You can almost feel their frustration. Peter's like, you know, you go to Jesus, you're like, Jesus, do all dogs go to heaven? He's like, there's a farmer who farmed peanuts. One was rotten. You're like, I don't want to know about peanuts. I'll just like this is yes or no. But here's the deal. Of course, I'm not critiquing Jesus. What Jesus does so often, we just want the easy answer. And he's like, no. I want to get at the heart behind why you're doing that. I want you to really wrestle with the truth of this, and I'm not just going to give you the easy answer. This is too important. So in this, so the master goes away, then he's going to return, and you see all the different responses of the servants. I'm sure all of those are probably represented here in some way. The one servant who got the light beating didn't even know, you know, he was unaware, who did not know, but then did wrong, wasn't prepared. Now I want to say that to you. Maybe you just didn't realize that's a reality, that Jesus is coming back, and he could come back at any time. One You know, if him who much is given, much will be required. I'm putting you on the hook. You need to understand this is a reality and live your life in light of this fact that today could be the day. Are you ready? Now, many of you are like kind of that middle, that second servant. Now, you've gone through membership. You're a Christian. You know Jesus is coming back, but you're not doing what God called you to do. I mean, that's the guy that gets a severe beating. So many of you, I know, when I tell you, yeah, Jesus is coming back, and that was my burden for this passage. It's simple enough to understand it's almost impossible to do, and that's why there's so many warnings here. 
Again, you as a Christian know, okay, Jesus is coming back. Are you really living your life the way you should to where if he came back, you'd be ready? Now, I want to spend kind of most of the time on poor response with that first servant. Because I think he makes the fatal mistake that I think many of us make. What did the first servant say? My master is delayed in coming. Now, he knows, hey, he'll probably come back, but I'm sure I have more time. He's not going to come back yet, so I can kind of live however I want. I can live the good life, the fun life, and then, you know, by the time he comes back, I'll straighten my life out. How many people in this room are doing that? How many people have you talked to that are doing that? I remember talking to a guy in college, like encouraging him to walk with Christ, and he kind of gave a common answer of like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I will one day, but I kind of want to live my life right now, experience college, and then I'll get to that. Maybe you're sitting here today, you're one of those people, yeah, you go to church, but man, once you, know, you get your career off the ground, then you're really going to start serving. You know, once you kind of get your retirement set up, then you'll really start giving. Then you're really going to start being generous. And kind of your faithful service to God is always tomorrow. That's the foolish thing. You are who this passage is for. If you're delaying kind of being about what God has called you to do, he says, wise up. I could come at any moment, even, even if that's too much for you to grasp. Remember last week, the guy who died suddenly? Even if Jesus doesn't come to meet you, you might get hit by a bus and go to meet him. But you're constantly in the, oh no, you know, I'm gonna, I want to do this and this, and then I'll be faithful. Do you know what a desire to be faithful tomorrow is? It's a desire to not be faithful. Let's call it what it is. Yeah, no, I want, I'll live for God tomorrow. Basically, you're saying, I don't want to live for God. I want to have my cake and eat it too. I want to live however I want, you know, be like the guy, eat and drink. I want to live for my comfort, but then right before he gets back, I'm going to straighten out my act. I almost played a clip of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's a fantastic movie. I remember even as a kid watching Adventures in Babysitting. I mean, how many of these movies was at the plot, right? You know, it's this kind of wild thing, and you live this wild day, but then, right, what happens? Right before the parents get home, you're going to clean everything up and then get your act together, so right by the time that the parents come home, you know, then you'll be good. Some of you really think you're going to do that to God, right? I'm going to live however I want. I'm going to wild out. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to buy what I want, but then, you know, towards the end of my life, I'm going to settle down, and then when Jesus comes back, I'll be ready. You're a fool. That is a foolish thing, especially in light of truth. Jesus says, tomorrow isn't promised. What if that's the day that Jesus comes back? Do you really want to be looking at Jesus? Oh, sorry, Jesus, I swear I was going to start giving later. I swear I was going to start serving down the road, or I was going to go on that mission trip. I swear. If you want to do that, do that today. So a poor response is to think, oh, Tomorrow's guaranteed. I have more time. I'll, I'll get my life right down the road. Don't do that. That's foolish. Like a thief in the night, you will be surprised. And here's a part of it. And I think here's why God calls us. You know, how do you prepare to not be unexpected? How do you prepare against a thief? You constantly stay on guard. And that's what God is calling us. Your life, constantly be focused on serving him so you, that's the only way to make sure you would never be surprised. Stop this, I'm gonna get my life together down the road stuff. It doesn't work. 
And that's where, again, it just reveals your heart. If you don't want to serve him today, what makes you think you're going to serve him tomorrow? Let me ask you with this plan that, yeah, I'm going to get my life together down the road. Like, do you really think God is as dumb as the parents from Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Like, is that really, you're going to trick God? Like, you're really going to live how you want, but then go to church towards the end of your life, and then it's going to be all roses. Like, nobody's fooling God here. If he's worthy to be served, if he's going to come back, serve him today. That thing that you know that you should be about, that ministry you know you start serving in, go serve. If Jesus comes back today, don't be in that spot. Oh, Jesus, I was going to go help those people. You told me to. I just didn't have time. Don't be that person. That's a foolish response. So the reality of Jesus coming back, and it is imminent. It could happen at any moment. Are you responding appropriately to that reality? And even in this, he really flushes out for us and defines it. Again, the take home is easy. Be ready. I'm going to come. And if you don't expect me to come, that's right when I'm going to show up. But what does that mean, readiness? Okay, Jesus could come back today. So like, do we all just like go home and like stare at the clouds like, Jesus, you're coming, I'm ready. Well, of course not. The passage, the parable, defines what is readiness. And it talks about this idea, and I'm going to put up a definition. Readiness is being a faithful steward in anticipation of his return. Do you remember the parable? You know, the master leaves, and he puts people in charge of his home while he leaves and trusts them with responsibilities. And then the faithful manager, you know, he doles out the food at the proper time. He gets about the business that the master told him to get to. And he says, wait, go do that until I come back. I mean, you know the difference between um, an owner and a manager, right? Maybe you own your own business or maybe you're a manager, you work for one. Do you understand there's a big difference between those two? An owner, this is my stuff. A manager is just managing somebody else's stuff and their goal is to please that person. Like, if you want to have a poor response, think that your life is your own. Think that, you know, everything you have is yours. Use it for your own sake. To be ready and to be faithful is to understand, listen, everything you have, God has given to you. And he's given it to you for a purpose for his kingdom. So God says, and that's what he does to the manager. Here's some resources. Here's the food. I want you to care for the people. I told you to care for it until I get back. And the faithful one that gets rewarded is the one who's using those resources and doling them out to the people and loving the people God has called him, that the master has called him to love. Membership, we put it this way again. We talk about your time, your talent, and your treasure. Are you a manager of your own? Are you, do you feel like you're an owner of your own money? And you spend it on whatever vacation, whatever car, whatever comforts you want, like the person, like the wicked servant that just kind of eat, drank, and did whatever he want to live for his own comfort. Or that word manager, it's the same word for steward. Do you realize everything God has given me, I'm just managing for him. Who has God called you to love? Are you loving those people well? Are you using your time, your talent, and your treasure to serve him or to serve you. So when Jesus comes back, are you in that place of God, the people you've put in my path, I'm loving them for your sake. The money you've given me, I'm using it for your kingdom. 
the gifts that you've given me. I'm using them to bless other people. What has God entrusted you with? What talents? What opportunities? Is there a burden he's given you as a people? Listen to me. Stop waiting. Whatever he has called you to, get about that business. Tomorrow isn't guaranteed. Teach us to number our days. Quit with the, oh, as soon as I get this, as soon as I get that, then I'll really start serving. Readiness is realizing, okay, he could come back, and all the stuff I prepare for is so minute in comparison to eternity, and start serving, getting about kingdom business, using your life for his kingdom. If he comes back today and knocks on your door, is that a good thing? Or is that a warning? Is that a scary thing? Be ready, serving him and in, in trusting, loving the people he's called you to love. He's given you your kids so that you can disciple them. Stop waiting for your career to get off the ground before you are faithful with the people he's entrusted you with. So that's readiness. I want to focus in the end on the reward. Reality is Jesus coming back. Our response is to be ready and faithfully serving him along the way. But this passage, this is my favorite part, to really unpack the reward. He gives us the reason to do this. Did you see his reactions to the faithful servants in kind of both those parables? I missed it, but it was beautiful. And even each time when he talks about the reward, he says, hey, listen up. Listen, my whole life, is geared towards that moment when I stand face to face with him. My whole life is geared to hear one sentence of well done, good and faithful servant. And I know that moment is coming and I want to be ready for it. But do you understand it doesn't stop there? When we meet Jesus, it's not, hey, attaboy, good job, get in here. It was shocking. It says, you should be the servant ready to serve him. But guess what? When he comes in, if you're faithful... It says Jesus will dress for service and then he's going to serve you. That my life and all the tiredness I think I'm giving to him, the reward at the end is when he comes and knocks on my door, he says, you look tired and weary. You served me. Now let me serve you. Jesus is going to minister to you at the end of your life and you're we're chasing comforts of this world and forgetting the fact that if we be faithful, Jesus is going to minister to us. Again, he says, listen up to that faithful servant. Did you see what he said he's going to do to him? It said he's going to usher him out to his kingdom and he's going to say, look, you think you sacrificed and you gave up much, but he's going to sprawl out his kingdom before you and say, listen, all of these are yours. Stop worrying about these measly possessions and our house is here when he's going to give us. He's going to present his kingdom to us. You know the beautiful part about that to me? This picture of the master that goes away to a wedding banquet. If you complete the story of the Bible, do you know how it ends? It ends at a massive wedding feast. So the beautiful part about this story, when the master's leaving, it's not the picture just of the master going away to some random wedding and he's going to come back. The picture is he's going to prepare a banquet and you're the guest of honor. It is our marriage to him and Jesus to celebrate perfect union. 
The wedding banquet is ours and his, the church in Christ. Do you think about that? Do you allow that to inspire you the way Jesus is calling us to, that you have a reward in heaven? Listen, this is happening, whether you're aware of it or not, whether you're prepared or not. The reality is Jesus will come again in an hour you do not expect. And I ask you, are you ready for that moment right now? Don't delay and be ready of faithfully getting about serving him, loving the people he's called you to love. If you do that, your reward is greater than you could ever imagine. I love the story. It's just a picture of a master coming home. And I want us to picture that, particularly our reward. If you don't mind, I want you to close your eyes, and I'll lead us into prayer because I want you to think about this. Close your eyes right now. You know, today you go home. At the end of the day, you just hear a knock on the door. And to open the door, can you just fathom if today was the day you open the door and Jesus is standing before you, the master comes home to give you just this beautiful embrace of this bear hug. Like my friends when they met their son of saying, it's time to go home, it's done. Stop worrying, stop fretting, stop fearing, I'm back. And it's okay. You don't have to worry anymore. And he grabs you and takes you away, ushers you into eternity. And like he says, he shows you all his possessions. Picture the most beautiful mansion on top of a hill of the most perfect kingdom. And Jesus says, you're home, and this is all yours. Thank you for your sacrifices, but they pale in comparison to having his kingdom. Living for that, and it says, he gets dressed to serve you for the banquet to go to a beautiful banquet hall where all your loved ones are there and Jesus comes and serves you and says you're home. This is yours and I'm not leaving. Enjoy. Let's celebrate. Would we be a people, Father, that lives for that moment, that stops preparing for so many things that don't matter to realize eternity is staring us in the face, that we would be ready for that moment and say, okay, God, that's coming. You can have my life, have my money. I'm living for that. God, help us. Help us to remember that that's coming, to be ready, and then we would enjoy celebrating you for an eternity. In Jesus' name. Amen.